Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside of me, as always, Mike McShane. Mike, what's going on, bud? How are we doing today, Jonathan? We good today? Huh? I'm doing good. How are you doing? All right, all right. We got we, we got enough time here today, do we? Yeah, it looks like we have enough time. All right, all right. Just checking, you know, yeah. making sure we're not down to 15 well, minutes. It, it, it's not episode technical difficulty today. It's episode 74. <laughs> and that's why we're 90 minutes today coming at you, because oh, Friday was such a mess. Oh, it yeah. It was funny, though. It was fun and funny, and we actually got quite a few listeners for that particular 15 minutes worth of abbreviated nonsense. Yeah. It was pretty funny, though. It was. The I, I, I had a good laugh over it. I think my stomach was still aching on Saturday. Yes, achy, achy. Well, you know what? Right off the bat, before we get anything, we have a phone call. Hey, why not? Well, let's bring it in. I be- this is, uh, and I believe it's Big Joe from the Bronx. Big Joe. We haven't heard from Joe. Joey. Joey? Are you there, Joey? What's up, guys? Hey, What's up, bud? <laughs> What's up, man? I, I had my headphones on. I thought you guys would hear me on the uh, speak on the, head, the little microphone thingy here. I guess it's not working. <laughs> uh, time to take it back, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, I'm not whole 15 minutes thing. Dude, come on, common sense. Man. What is wrong with these people? Seriously, <laughs> like, who does a show for 15 minutes? Oh, I mean, I you could you could spend fifteen minutes on the opening monologue. Oh, okay, show's over. Have a nice day. Bye. <laughs> oh, that's what happened, man. You know, it's uh, it happens. It happens. What are you gonna do? Uh, we're making up for it today, going ninety minutes though, Jeff. It was so. probably my guess is, if anything, it was a glitch in their software. That's it it had to be. It had to be some automatic kind of system that just kicked in. I was like, okay, show's over. Click. Yep. <laughs> well, it was a glitch in my mind, and I did it myself, but I really don't think I did so. Subconsciously, you did it, right? Yeah, it's all your fault, Jonathan. It's all your fault. It was a Friday, so I'll forgive him. Yeah, it usually is. Right before we went in there, I told Mike, I was like, you know what? It's going to be one of those Fridays. And as soon as we went on, it said we had 14 minutes, 59 seconds left. So, It's a little extension on the weekend. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. We, well, we, look, we, lost, a, we lost an hour when, uh, when we had to put the clock ahead, so we gained an hour. Uh, not doing the show last Sunday or Friday. There you go. Yeah. So everything kind of evens out. There you go. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. Hey, listen, so what's going on, real, Jeff? Real, real quick, on the Rangers, uh, listen, Jonathan, I love the way this team is starting to click now. Everything is really starting to come together, you know. And I told Ranger fans this. If you know on Facebook, right away with the slow start, oh, let's fire Tortorella. Oh, Nash sucks. Oh, this, oh, that. And I'm like, people, remember, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Just mm-hmm. ask for 95 Devils. I mean, if I, last I checked, it was, in that abbreviated season, they didn't exactly start off like a house of fire. Well, you, know, guys what? Got the, the right you know what? the last yeah. season, uh, Los Angeles Kings as well, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just it's a matter of everything coming together at the right time. And right now, the Rangers, I still think that they haven't tapped into their full potential yet. Because I think that we can get contributions from the third and fourth line. I love the fourth line. 
you know, Daryl Powell, that trade is looking better and better every day. Oh, I love it, man. Oh Daryl Powell with Jeff, you know, uh, Jeff Halpern, uh, you know, centering him. I love it, man. You know, fast, quick line, man. They're getting the, you know, they're getting the job done, Joe, and it, and it helps, man. Exactly. And JT Miller, he's showing me a lot, man. You know, he had he's had a lot of scoring chances, just not putting, putting the puck in the net. But kid's uh-huh. 19, and he looks like he's 29 years old playing out there. His poise is just way beyond his years. Well, you know so, what? Well, and, say, you don't. You know what? You don't need to score goals to be effective in the National Hockey League, Joe. And uh, JT Miller is getting the job done on the boards. You know, he's he's playing he's playing good hockey. He makes some uh, mistakes here and there, but you know, he's a young guy. Yeah, you expect you know? that? You expect exactly? <laughs> you gotta you gotta take that. You know, you know he's 19, but as long as the good outshines the bad and the mistakes are minor, nothing you know that costs them goals, then you know you can live with it. But all in all, I love the way this team is playing. Duran played a fantastic game on um, the other day against Washington. Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday afternoon. And, you know, in all honesty, I think the Rangers and Duran have probably the best backup in the entire league. Yeah, if not, he's definitely one of the best, Jeff. Oh, yeah, I agree, I agree there. Uh, right now, the Rangers are holding on to the eighth spot uh, to get into the playoffs. Uh, let me just throw a question out to both you Ranger fans. Two. Um uh, do you see? Do you see that there? I, I mean, obviously, it, it's possible uh, because there's still a lot of the season left. You have, I mean, the Rangers have only played 24 of the 48 games. Yeah. Um, could they overtake Pittsburgh for the number one spot in the uh, in the East, or, or at least in the Atlantic Division? It's a possibility, you know, especially with Malkin out now for the next couple of weeks. I mean, that's only going to help the uh, you know the Rangers gain some track. But you know what? They really don't need to. You know, they really don't need to. It'd be nice to win the Atlantic again. No doubt about that, but right now the goal is to get into the playoffs and play effective hockey. So. Right. And I yep, think and the Rangers have all the ingredients that once they get in the playoffs, especially if Stahl comes back and is 100% healthy, the Rangers have all the ingredients that you need to contend and win a Stanley Cup. And Rick Nash, guys, he's from another planet. That's all I can say. That's a beast, man. And in this shortened season, I think there's less of an emphasis required to actually have to win the uh, division. Yeah, you know what? You know, especially in a forty-eight game season, you don't need to win the division. You know, you need to get into the playoffs. You need to, uh, you know, have that camaraderie. You need to build that spark and that edge, and just get into that. And the Rangers are looking good. Nash is is phenomenal. Brad Richards, two goals in the last couple of games. Now he's starting to turn it around. Uh, you know, it's 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 just clicking right now, and uh, you can see the Rangers playing a whole different game of hockey. And it's uh, you know, a, a game of hockey that when they get into the playoffs, it's only going to help them. Mm-hmm. Yep, and don't forget Captain Cali. I mean, how about Captain Cali with the box shots and everything? I mean, if that guy does not epitomize what a captain is in the National Hockey League, then tell me, tell me who who does more than he does because well, this guy is missing everything for the Rangers. Well, he had Flyers fans jeweling, right, Mike? Well, I, I'm going to tell you, yeah, Jonathan, you're not kidding because uh, uh, I I sent a note over to you yesterday with uh, one word uh, and an exclamation point, and that was awesome. Yeah. The guy the guy can handle a puck like not too many people in the league. Yeah. But he you know what he gets it done, man. Both sides of the puck, man, he he just puts his body on the line game in and game out, man. What a phenomenal player. Easy guy to follow for his teammates to follow, that's all I can say. So let's hope they keep it up. I think they will. And uh I think the Rangers will end up in the top four when the season's all said and done. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. All right, Joe man, we appreciate you calling as always, man. You're the man. We appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Have a good one. Take care, Jordan. All right, man. Let's uh, you know continue with the hockey trend here real quick and get into our hat trick picks, Mike. Uh, yep. uh, still leading you two to one, I believe. 
I think uh, no, it's two two now. Is it two two? You did get yeah, one. yeah. I got, I got. Let me just check this real quick. Um, no, I guess it is still two one. Trying to sneak in a win there, man. Look at you. Yeah, it still is two one. Okay. okay, so two one. Yep. Two one. Okay, so I'm up to you. I'm up on your two one at hattrick.nhl.com. It's well, we're gonna hat- pick. We're gonna pick them the same. Same today. Yeah, probably. <laughs> there's only two games. There's only two games in the league today. Well, yeah, exactly. But it doesn't mean we're going to pick the same ones, though. Oh, uh, uh, watch. So let's just talk about that and get it over and done with. Uh, which team will win tonight between the Boston Bruins and the Ottawa Senators? Yeah, I'm going with the Bruins, uh, despite the fact uh, this is an away game for them. Right. Bruins as well. Will Boston score a power play goal tonight? Uh, I'm saying no. I'm saying no as well. Which team will win between the Kings and the Flames? Uh. It's a tough call, but I'm going with the Kings on this one. They're the home team, and uh, I, I I like the way the Kings have been playing more recently. Yeah, I'm actually going with the Kings as well. I just don't hey, I told you we'd be exactly the same. Yeah, it looks like it. So looks like it. All right, man, a little bit of an update. Let's talk uh, NHL standings here in the Atlantic. We got Pittsburgh first place with 36 points. Out in the Northeast, Montreal 38 points. Uh, Boston's trailing right behind them with 35. In the southeast, Carolina, 29 points. But Winnipeg, right behind them with 26. Uh, Washington's starting to come up, though, Mike. 21 points now. Came right out of the bottom, and they're in third place in the southeast. Mm-hmm. Out in the Western Conference, uh, Chicago Blackhawks lost two in a row now, Mike. Back-to-back yeah. losses. They're now 21-2-3, 45 points. They still got a huge, huge lead over Detroit in the Central. Yeah. That's not going to change anytime soon. No, it's not. In the Northwest, we got a two-way tie between the Minnesota Wild and the Vancouver Canucks. Who would have thought? that the Wild would be there right now. In the Pacific, Anaheim still got a big leave over Los Angeles, 39 points leading the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, uh, you know what? Out of all the teams in these first places in their divisions, which one, uh, you know, basically, you know, which one surprises you the most? Well, you know, at this point right now, I mean, we're halfway through the season, and where I'm trying, where I'm starting to look at it is I'm starting to look at it by conference as opposed to by division. Yeah. Um, because as we just pointed out in our conversation with Joey, um, this is the type of season where it's not really going to make a whole heck of a lot of difference what you do in your division so long as you make the playoffs. Yeah. I think in you know in a regular season where you're going to be playing 82 games, um, I think it's important that perhaps you are number one or at you know at least in that number two spot in your division. This year, not as much. I think you just have to make the playoffs and then potentially you can make a run. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really looking at it by virtue of conference and what the ranking is down to number eight. Uh, and, you know, you bring up teams like Washington and what have you. Washington, however, is right now in the 12th spot mm-hmm. and, and would not be making the playoffs at this particular time. So um, uh, your question was, who's surprising? Is that what your question was? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. which team surprises you that they're actually in the lead in their division right now? Minnesota. Minnesota? Yep. I'm Minnesota. actually on Montreal right now with the way they're playing. That's, uh, you know, that to me is very surprising. Oh, that, no, that's not. That, 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 listen, I've watched a lot of Montreal games. Very, very good team. Very speedy team. Yep. Uh, they remind me a lot of the old Montreal Canadiens from the standpoint. Uh, they're skating and uh, they're finesse. Uh, however, they're not afraid to give a body and they're not afraid to take one. Yeah, they're third in the league in scoring with 84 goals. Yep. Amazing. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, in first with 97, and we have a tie for second between Anaheim and Chicago, 85 goals apiece. So. Yeah, and, you know, we were talking about the Los Angeles Kings, and I had made just made reference to them that I've been liking the way they've been playing more recently. Um, 
they are right now they're eight and two in their last ten. Uh, there, there's evidence right there of the fact they are absolutely playing better right now. If you take a look in that Western uh, Conference, uh, they're number five. Yeah. Uh, to make the playoffs, so um, the, the Kings, uh, I wouldn't say they're a surprise, um, but I think the way that they were playing earlier on in the season, uh, I'd say they're a bit. You know, it's surprising that they are where they are right now. Yeah. St. Louis is a bit of a surprise from the standpoint I did not expect them. Uh, four, five, and one in their last ten. I would not have expected them to be playing as mediocre, I suppose, as they are. Yeah. All right. I expect the St. Louis to be a little more, a little more dominant, uh, particularly in light of the fact that they were a very, very good team last season. I think a lot of this, Jonathan, really, we're seeing kind of the result of the fact it being a shortened season. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Uh, you, know, you know what? If we look at it right now out in the East, we got Montreal, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Boston, Toronto, Ottawa, New Jersey, and the Rangers making the playoffs. Right. Chicago, Anaheim, Minnesota, Detroit, L.A., Vancouver, San Jose, St. Louis making the playoffs out in the West. So San Jose, uh, excuse me, St. Louis would actually make the playoffs, but they would have to go up against the uh, Blackhawks in the first round right now. Correct. Uh, And St. Louis is just, in my opinion, they're just barely getting in there at this point. I mean, with the number eight spot. Yeah. Um, uh, And you take a look at their goal differential, they're a minus one. So mm, I, 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 I frankly think St. Louis has been playing. As I pointed out, mediocre. Yeah, and that's a little bit. That's a little bit of a surprise to me. Detroit's been very, very good. Boy, Detroit is just a fun team to watch, too. I'll tell you. They are, man. I, you know, and they always have been. So, All right, let's talk a little bit of NBA real quick. But before we do that, let's start at the phone number here. It's three four seven two three seven five three seven three. It's open forum Monday right here on Fan Junkies Radio. So give Mike and I a call. Ask whatever questions you have, and we'll try to answer them as best as we can. Once again, that phone number is three four seven. Two three seven five three seven three, and we're here for ninety minutes today, folks. So ninety minutes, we'll be it here rocking one thirty. So uh, you know, plenty of time for chat. Yeah, rocking. And also, you know what, man? We have to uh, send a special shout out to uh, John Leary and uh, Scott Blooney with yep. their first episode of Sports Blogger Radio this past Sunday here in the Fan Junkies Radio Network. Um, good show. You know, the, you know, the guys are learning, and uh, you know, man, do they know their Boston sports, man? They sure do. And that's what I was so impressed with. Uh, you, you know, you and I had a, a chance to chat with them the other night uh, before they actually went live with their. Well, they yesterday was a pre-recorded show, yeah. but before we actually went with the the, the program. And I'm I'm really really impressed with the way uh, these guys can can uh, can talk their Boston uh, Boston sports man. They know their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to check out the Sports Blaga Radio Show, it's right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network. It'll be here Thursday at I believe seven to eight p.m. Not sure yet, but we'll definitely let you know on Wednesday what time it is. But also follow them on Twitter. At Sports Blaga and Blaga, of course, spelled B L A G G A H Y, because they're from Boston. Right. Yeah, I was having a little trouble with that on Saturday because I was giving them a, a big shout out uh, during the five minute show, and I said, Sports Blaga, come I on. Said, yeah, I said I know I'm going to mispronounce this because I don't have a Boston accent. Listen. You know, I need. I, in fact, I even said I need Jonathan on the air when 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 I come across these kinds of things. <laughs> help me pronounce things. It's a wicked show, man. Blaga, Blaga. Blaga. It's a wicked show. Sports blaga. Our good friends John Leary and Scott Blooney. Check them out, man. Uh, great show. Let's talk a little bit of. Oh, actually, before we do that, too, I just want to tell everybody, too, that uh, tomorrow's episode of Wrestle Chat Radio has been delayed. It won't come tomorrow. It will come on next Tuesday. And also, the debut 
Ranger Nation Radio is making its return, coming back, and we got it right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network, hosted by yours truly, and I'll be joined by Ranger Nation writers Christopher Decker and Glenn Miller. Well, Can't wait for that. Sunday, right? Sunday, yes, Sunday. Uh, no time yet. No time, okay. No time yet. We'll announce that on Wednesday here on Fan Junkies Radio. So Now, before we jump off of hockey. Yes. Uh, for our little uh, sports history tidbit. Yes. Uh, because it is hockey-related. Uh, and there were quite a few uh, cute little tidbits that we could have pulled from for today, but I thought this one was actually <coughs> kind of amusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1979, Randy Holt of the uh, Los Angeles Kings. you remember Randy Holt? Yes, I do. Okay. He was penalized nine times for 67 minutes in the first period of a game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Whoa. Nine times. How in the world do you get penalized nine times? There's no way he could have been on the ice long enough to have gotten penalized nine times. Wow. Nine times for 67 minutes in the first period. And that was that, uh, what you call it? That was from that cheap shot, right? Uh, you know, I, I really need to go. Lunchman? I would love to go back. It might have been. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So I just looked up now. I was. I was actually right. He uh, he felt he was the victim of a cheap shot from Flyers agitator Ken Lindsman early in the game. The and at the end of the first period, he instigated a bench-clearing brawl in an attempt to settle the score with Lindsman. <laughs> he was assessed a further 45 minutes in penalties for his actions during the brawl, including a triple-game misconduct. Wow. Bringing his game total to 67, shattering the previous NHL record of 52 set by Jim Dory in 1968. That. <laughs> and also, Holt was actually suspended three games as well for that. Uh, you know, I'm gonna have to check YouTube to see if that's uh, if see if that video is available. Not even that, man. I think uh, you know what, man. I wonder if we can get uh, Randy Holt on and talk to him about that. That that, that would really would be awesome. That would I love be that. awesome. Wow. Oh, uh, that is. I, you know, I had completely forgotten about that. And when I read that one, now like I said, there were other numerous little tidbits we could have gone with, uh, including. In 1930, Babe Ruth signed a two-year contract with the New York Yankees for a whopping sum of $80,000. Wow. Two-year contract, 80000 in 1930 for Babe Ruth. And you know what, man? Today, that does an equivalent to a cup of coffee. That's uh, that's one game for some of these guys. Yeah, not even. It's a half a game. Half a game. Oh. Terrible. A lot Terrible. of neat stuff that we could have gone to, but that Randy Holt one, I had forgotten about that, and... Um, that's I forgot game. about that as well. Sure. That's you know, I, I, yeah, I, I do remember actually seeing the game. Yeah. Um, at the time, it was it probably wasn't amusing, but looking back on it now, what thirty three years later, uh, it, it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny now, man. I would like to see a video of that. I haven't, uh, exactly. That's why I say I got to go to YouTube after the fact. Yeah, that'll be somewhere, most definitely. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about NBA. Uh, let's talk about some of the games from last night. We had the uh, Thunder taking on the Celtics. Thunder won 91-79. to uh-huh. Lakers, now in playoff contention, beating the Bulls last night 90-81. Yes. Um, Magic, once again, beat your 76ers, Mike, 99-91. to And I can uh, say it, Nick Lukicevic, 17 rebounds. And that was uh, Philadelphia's, I believe, 13th loss in a row. Woo! Um, I believe. And uh, that is the well, longest. Actually, they're on a five-game losing streak, so they must have won. Uh, I'm trying, you know, I gotta, I, I gotta check that because they were saying last night, even on Sports Center, that it was the 13th loss, and in fact, it's the longest 
uh, longest losing streak they were saying for Philadelphia for the 76ers in something like 20-some years. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm wondering if these stats uh, from NBA uh, are not completely up-to-date, because I do see it says uh, a losing streak of five. But uh, they were saying last night 13, so uh, I'm not sure we can check on that. So it wasn't 13 in a row to Orlando? <laughs> Here's, yeah, really. Uh, here's here, here's the bottom line. The Philadelphia 76ers are not a good team, period. No, they actually won uh, against Golden State uh, March 2nd. Okay. All right. So I guess it's not 13 in a row. No. But uh, pretty bad. Oh, yeah. They're not a good team. Pretty bad either way you look at it. So. One and nine in their last ten. So the Golden State, but they're, you know, that's, that's the only win they've had in their last ten games. Yeah. At least Thaddeus Young had a big game finally. 26 uh, points, 12 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, heat. 18th win in a row over the Pacers, 105-91. to 91. Yeah, well, and, now I'm going to go back to this for a moment, Jonathan, because we've had this conversation, and two. you know we wanted to bring it up twice now. And the second time we wanted to bring it up was on Friday, and, of course, we know what all happened on Friday. Yeah. Um, you know, with with uh, the Chicago Blackhawks now uh, losing two straight, and their streak, for all intent and purpose, being finished, Yeah. Uh, is this Miami Heat... 18 wins in a row, is this the biggest thing? No, it's not because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not. What the Blackhawks did is very, very rare in the National Hockey League. Right away, you look at the winning streaks in the NBA. The Los Angeles Lakers in the 70s had a 33-game win streak. Houston Rockets, 2007-2008 Houston Rockets went on a 22-game win streak. And if you look down the road, you have uh, two teams in a third-place tie with the Washington Capitals and the Milwaukee Bucks, 20-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Tied for fifth place, Lakers and Celtics, 19 games. And you have one, two, three, four, five, six teams at the end, 18-game win streak. So right now, the Miami Heat are tied for seventh with five other teams. Okay. Which, when? It's a nice record, Mike. It's a it's a it's a hell of a win streak. I'm not taking nothing away from Miami, but let's talk about screaming Stephen A. Smith for a while, knocking hockey, saying that what the Heat are doing is more credible than what the Blackhawks did. Mm-hmm. Right there, it shows you that Stephen Smith knows absolutely jack about hockey, and he needs to shut his mouth, yeah. get his facts straight before he opens his big mouth. Well, his contention was that the uh, you know the the whole overtime. Uh, the whole overtime situation. Yeah. That's that's what, you know, his, his contention is it should be all W's. That in order for it to count, uh, you know, with the with the Blackhawks, it should have been all W's. Yeah. You can't have that overtime situation in the mix. Uh, that's that's what his contention. You know, I, I heard that argument made, and I think I just discussed that uh, recently right here on Fan Junkies. Um, I heard that argument made by Bob Kelly, uh, old-time flyer here. From the Philadelphia area, yeah, uh, where he said, "Hey, we didn't have the overtime situation back in the day when we ran up, uh, you know, their their legendary uh, streak, the Flyers' legendary streak that they had." Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, if if you if you were to mirror exactly what Chicago did, they played. It is identical. It is identical to the old to the old formula mm-hmm. because they played. To a tie in regulation. Yeah. And, and some of those games that the Flyers had were ties. Mm-hmm. So it's identical to what to what the Flyers did. Yeah. yeah. But not even that. I I mean, listen. You talk about that now. You have a team that goes undefeated 
in the NFL, Mike. If they win in the in overtime, does that not count then in Stephen A. Smith's mind? Um. All right. Wait a minute. Run, uh, no, obviously that does. That obviously does. It counts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the difference there is. Uh, oh, okay. Wait. I I think though your your question is. Uh, if it's a tie, if it ends, if the overtime t- ends in a tie, right? Yeah. Is that what you're referencing? Yeah, I mean, listen, if it ended in a tie, like, you know what, we had the Rams and the 49ers going for a tie this past season. If the 49ers would have won every other game except for that tie, that wouldn't have been, a, a you know what, a, a, just an amazing feat? Well, don't we don't we rephrase it then? I mean, there's a difference between being on a winning streak and being on an unbeaten streak, right? We rephrase I mean- it. If you look at the Blackhawks, I mean, we, we, I mean, we heard more about a point streak right. than we heard winning streak. Correct, and that was that was that's where the 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 nomenclature came in. That's where the the difference in the language came in. Yeah. Was we were careful about how we phrased it. Yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. If an NFL team were to play to an overtime tie, yeah, and it was during a streak where they hadn't lost, you just changed the vernacular from being. A winning streak to being an unbeaten streak. I don't know, man. Beaten, right? I don't know. Same, same thing. I mean, there's something to be said for that. Now, let me ask you a question with regard to Miami. Shoot. And, and you probably, you probably just ran it down, and I, you know, I missed it. Shoot. Uh, we got 18 games in a row for uh, Miami. When was the last time we saw a team um, do this or just better? Do this or better. The last time was uh, 2007, 2008. Houston Rockets won 22 games in a row. Okay. Then you got 08 and 09. Boston Celtics won 19 games in a row. 99, 2000. Lakers won tw- uh, 19 games in a row. Okay. So it has happened. It has happened many times before. You had the Phoenix Suns, the Dallas Mavericks, the Clippers of recent 17 games in a row. You know, in the 90s, we had a bunch of them, 16 games, 17 games, 18 games. So, I mean, we've seen this many, many times over the last 20 years uh-huh. okay. in the NBA. You know what I mean? So I got you. So To me, I think more teams in the NBA is, is, is less credible than a point streak in the NHL and a win streak for not only a team, but for pitchers in Major League Baseball, and we can go look at Carl Hubble with the New York Giants. He had 24 consecutive winning decisions. Right. To me, that is an amazing feat because that's something you will never see again probably. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see another team showing off 18 games in the NBA. You know, if you think I'm wrong, please call in 347-237-5373. Uh, you know, let me know what you think. Uh, to me, I think uh, – it's it's easier to string off uh, consecutive wins in the NBA than it is in any other sport. So, when do you uh, sit up and take notice of this? Um, if they it, it, listen, man, if they get near that Lakers thirty-three game win streak, then I'll sit up and notice. If they can break it, then I'll really, really sit up. But but listen, I'm not taking anything away from Miami. Eighteen games in a row is incredible, Mike. Yeah. But I think because Stephen A. Smith is more a basketball fan than any other sport. Right. He thinks this is the holy grail because it's LeBron James and the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so if Miami wins, uh, it reels off another 12 in a row, then you're going to start to sit up and take notice of it. Oh, absolutely, man. You get Listen, when you get closer to that top record, Mike, when we saw Luis Castillo back when he was with the Marlins getting near, what do you, what do you have, like the 30-game hit streak or whatever, and we're like, oh, wow, this guy could possibly break Joe DiMaggio's record. No, because guess what? He has another 22 games to go. Right. 
that didn't mean nothing to me. It was incredible to watch, and it was incredible that he got the 30-plus games or whatever it was that he did, and I take nothing away from him for it, but when you, it doesn't mean anything until you get within inches of that top record. Mm-hmm. And right now, they're not inches away from that top record. They're hundreds and hundreds of feet away from that 71-72 Lakers 33-game win streak. All right. I got yeah. I, 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 I'm impressed with it. And I'm sorry. <laughs> in 71-72, the opposing teams are a lot tougher than some of the crap that's in the NBA right now. Well, all right. I, I, I hear you. You're, you you're, you're right there. there. Listen, there wasn't many Toronto Raptors and Washington Wizards teams in the 70s NBA. Yeah. You know? Different game of basketball, too. Much tougher, I thought. So... Up to me. Once again, let's throw out the number. 347-237-5373 if you want to call in and tell me I'm wrong or tell me I'm right or ask us a question. That's what we're here for. Let's talk about that. Got a full hour to go. Absolutely. Now let's talk about the NBA standings real quick. Uh, Miami has clinched the playoff berth now, Mike. Okay. That was right. Prince, uh, if we finished out today, Miami would play Milwaukee. My Knicks would play the Hawks. Indiana would play the Celtics. And Brooklyn would play the Bulls. Mm-hmm. And that's it. With all der- right there in the East, uh, Jonathan, that's exactly the way it should be. It should be. In uh, my uh, opinion. Philadelphia, not- Detroit, Cleveland, Washington, Orlando, Charlotte, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, with, with very few exceptions, uh, in my opinion, this season could end right now, and I'm fine with that playoff uh, scenario. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, because of the fact we've got still yet, what, another – uh, twenty twenty plus games remaining. In the and, and listen, it's listen, it's gonna finish out that way. It's, Toronto's it's, not gonna take the tops, you know, the eight spot from Milwaukee. Neither was Philadelphia. So. Right, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, you might see a little bit of a change here or there. Yeah. I don't, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know if I don't know if you will. Maybe Chicago moves up to number four. Maybe. Oh well, no, yeah, you'll see that change, but you won't see anybody from the bottom getting into the playoffs. No, no, and that's my point. I, I, you know, I, I think you're going to see some changes in the way this this lineup is ultimately going to be. You know, what? but I am fine with it, it being exactly this way. Those are the best teams right now in the East, and those should be the ones that would be in the playoffs. So I agree. Totally agree. Let's look over at the Western Conference. If the playoffs were to happen today, San Antonio's got the top spot in the West. They would take on the Lakers, who finally got to the eighth spot in the playoffs. Yes. Oklahoma City would take on Houston, Clippers, Golden State, Memphis, Denver. Um, you got Utah, Dallas, Portland right there. They could take that eighth spot from the Lakers, Mike. Uh, it's it's pretty well happen. Yeah, I, I, the, Lakers are, the Lakers are very tenuous. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I see the bottom end of the Western Conference a little bit differently than I do the Eastern side. Well, yeah, you got I, I see a lot more vulnerability of getting into the playoffs there. Yeah, there's a lot more vulnerability at the bottom of this list uh, right here. Uh, probably, really, even starting with Denver. Uh, although I think Denver is probably going to be in there. Oh yeah, but, Denver's actually yeah, that, yeah, Denver's going to be in there. Denver would probably. Maybe if it happens and Golden State goes on a tear, drop to the number six spot. Exactly. But right now they're staying in the fifth spot, I think. So right. uh, but, uh, they take you, over number four from Memphis. That that number seven and number eight spot, I think, are tenuous at this point right now. Like I said, unlike what we're seeing over in the East, where I'm a, I'm a little more secure with the way that seven and eight right now are playing out. I think the seven and eight will probably end that way. Uh, the seven and eight here in the West could be could 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 change. Yeah, I think. Between the fourth, 
fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth spot in the West. You're going to see a little bit of a change up there. I, I see Denver jumping up to number four eventually. Memphis dropping down to maybe about five or six. Right. Golden State, Houston with a chance to move up. I think Lakers are going to hover between eight and seven if they continue to trend and still make the playoffs. So Now, uh, seven-game series, San Antonio against the Lakers. Oh, San Antonio takes that, no doubt about it. Uh, how many games? I, I, I say San Antonio takes in five to six. No chance, huh, that the Lakers could upset them. No, no. San Antonio is too good this year. Don't see it. Don't see it. Even with the games that they're winning right now, the Lakers, I just don't see it. Because they're not winning by a score that looks, you know, makes you look, you know, look at them and be like, wow, you know, they could be a force in the playoffs. I just don't see it. Oh, I agree with you. If they were if they were winning in a in a more commanding type of fashion, I would say, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Uh, I think the fact that they are winning uh, recently, as I pointed out to you, eight and two in their last ten. Uh, the fact that they are winning—that's uh, a positive sign. You know, uh, <laughs> ESPN and Sports Center. Uh, you know, Kobe Bryant is willing, willing the uh, Lakers into the playoffs. I mean, that was their headline last night. I wouldn't say he's willing them. I mean, everybody's working hard right now. You know what? You can't just put it on Kobe Bryant. There's a lot of players working hard, including Dwight Howard. And you know me, Mike. I'm not a fan. I've been talking a lot about Dwight Howard. I've been talking a lot about Kobe. I've been talking about a lot about the Lakers. But they are playing hard, good basketball right now. But if you still look at the scores, they're not winning by convincing fashion. Correct. Only eight, 90 to 81 over a Derrick Rose-less Bulls last night. Um, if you look at the box score, I mean, honestly, it, it was hard for them to contain freaking Nate Robinson. Mm-hmm. You know? Joakim Noah, 17 rebounds. Boozer, 10 rebounds. You know what? If they didn't get an all-around effort from their entire starting five and that 10 points from Jody Meeks off the bench last night, they wouldn't have won. Yeah. You know, and I still say that if Derrick Rose was in this lineup last night, the Lakers wouldn't have won this game. Yeah. yeah. You know, because you would have had Nate Robinson coming off the bench. Derrick Rose would have got you 20, plus, you know, 20 points plus. More assists, Nate Robinson off the bench with uh, Butler and Muhammad and whoever else came off last night, and I think they would have had a better bench. They only got 10 points from their bench last night. Right. You know, that hurts. You know, that that hurts when you have to take your bench players and start them. It hurts. So. Yeah, defensively, the team has looked a little bit better. Uh, they have, but – I will say. Yeah, but, I, I I mean, honestly, to me, I you know, I like what they're doing. They're working hard. I give them credit, but I, I, I think they're playing some uh, – you know, powerless teams. You know, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you know what? You beat Toronto. You beat New Orleans. Uh, you beat Atlanta. You beat Minnesota. You, you beat Portland. You beat, you know, Boston. You know, these are teams that they sh- should be beating. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're not beating them by a convincing fashion. So, yeah. Oh, I got you. I got you know, you. because, look, they lost to Oklahoma City. They lost to the uh, to the Clippers. They lost to Miami. You know, they lost to Boston already. I mean, you know, the, you know, they're losing to the teams that are going to be meeting them in the playoffs if they make it far, and they're not going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll see what happens there. Um, anyways, let's talk a little bit about football. Free agency starts tomorrow, Mike. we got a lot of interesting names coming out. Uh, right off the bat, though, let's talk about this. Uh, Colin Jenkins, defensive tackle from your Eagles. Eagles got rid of him. He instantly signed a three-year deal with the New York Jets, your rival, Mike. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that deal right off the bat? Well, I'm 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 copacetic with it. I mean, uh, if you guys are, I'm I you know, 
We talked a little bit about what the uh, what the arrangements were on the contract. What did you say, Jonathan? Do you have the numbers there? Three years, I believe, eight million. That's about right. I mean, let's get it straight. That's about right. Yeah, three years, uh, eight million, two million dollar signing bonus with three million in guaranteed money. I mean, money. how do you feel about it? I mean, I'm not a Giants fan, so uh, you know, good for them. Uh, I think Colin Jenkins is going to help them, and uh, you know, for three years, eight million dollars. I don't think it was. A, a mistake of a deal, you know. The, the Eagles, the Eagles are. It's obvious that the Eagles are moving. We're not, you know, as a fan base, we're not 100 percent certain where they're going just yet. Uh, but it's oh, obvious. <laughs> it's, it's obvious that they're going in a different direction. Now, you know, the 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 word has been uh, ultimately we're going to see a three four, or we're going to see a hybrid three four four three. Yeah. Uh, in other words, it'll be interchangeable. Um. But it's obvious that they're moving completely away from what we have seen in the past couple of years, yeah. which just wasn't working. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not disappointed with it. We've talked about this upcoming draft. There's more defensive players out there in this draft than there are offensive players. Um, we've talked about the draft not being a very very strong one, and yet from a defensive side, uh, if if you're a team that's looking to shore up your defense. You're going to do okay with this draft. Yeah. If you're a team looking for a quarterback, forget it. Yeah. All right, now let's talk a little bit about the Eagles, still, since we're uh, talking about them real quick. A lot of rumors floating out there today that they're putting together a package that they're, they're going to offer it to the New York Jets for Darrell Revis. You being our resident Eagles fan here, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, well, I, I feel like I feel about that the way I did about the day that uh, you told me that Chip Kelly was going to be my head coach. Uh, I am completely, <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely opposed to it. Yeah, completely opposed to it. Uh, first of all, uh, we talked about the uh, we talked about the cap spaces. Uh, we talked about, and, and we're probably going to talk about it even some more yet before we're done here. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, all week we'll be talking about it. I'm sure the cap is screwing with a lot of teams. Make no mistake about it. Uh, but teams that are in a buying mode right now include the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 34.2 million dollars underneath the cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, we're going to blow the entire load. On 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 Darrell on Darrell Rivers, really? Seems to be. I I mean no, I'm 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 completely opposed to this. On top of which, you and I have uh, have discussed it. The guy's a head case. He's a freaking prima donna. Uh, I, I, we don't need his dramas. We don't need his his attitude in the locker room. We've been down this path before with with prima donna players before. Uh, plus we've got a brand new head coach in there. Uh, we don't need a player like this. Period. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, plus, you know, if you do somehow acquire Darrell Revis, you're going to, you know, just to sign him, you're going to instantly have to cut Namdi Asamua. That's $11 million off the cap right there. Yeah, but, you know, the general thinking is Asamua's probably going anyhow. Yes. Uh, it's just a matter of when. Instead of All spending right. it on one guy, wouldn't well, that be smart for him to spend it on four guys? Exactly, and that's my point. Okay. That's my point exactly. Why would we... You know, go and and take all that extra. Uh, what are we What are we going to gain by by cutting uh, by leaving Austin while go? I think it's about six million dollars. So uh, you're going to take all of that plus any additional uh, cash. Well, you get the eleven million dollar cap relief there too. So what's that? I said you would get about eleven million dollars in cap relief by cutting Namdi. Okay, there you go. So uh, no, money to save. I'm completely opposed to this. Uh, it, you know, uh, it, it just it. Uh, look, this is what this 
This is exactly what the Eagles did two seasons ago when we went and acquired Asimov. Yes. Uh, you know, you're going after the big-name player out there. It's a sexy move. Uh, you know, the fans all bought in at the moment. Uh, it, you know, don't get me wrong. I have – and, Jonathan, you know, I've been on record that uh, I do not put the blame for what – for Asimov's play – completely at his feet over yes. the past few seasons. Mm. I don't feel he was used correctly. Yes. He was not used correctly in that defense. We say that about a lot of players, don't we? But the Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles make no mistake, the Eagles signed him, and that, that was considered a sexy play. They signed him without knowing how the hell they were going to use him. Yeah. All because all they wanted to do was make a splash. That's all it was about. Mm-hmm. And that's the wrong reason to go out and acquire anybody. Yeah, I agree. So what's the biggest hole for the Eagles right now? What's that? I said, what's the biggest hole for the Eagles that they need to fill right now? Is it cornerback? Yeah, it's corner, corners and safeties, yeah, really. Okay, yeah. so instead of going after Darrell Revis with all of that money, wouldn't it be smart to just cut Nandy and use that money to go after somebody like, let's say, Deshaun Goldson, safety, and yeah. then also signing Sean Smith for Miami? Well, Smith, I got a boy, nice job. Uh, Smith, I'm 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 thrilled. I, I would love to see Smith on my team. I think a lot of people would like to see uh, Sean Smith on their team. Uh, but you you make a great point. Those those were two names that were being discussed uh, just this morning on on Philadelphia Talk Radio. Those are the two names that uh, the vast majority of fans would love to see the Eagles uh, try to go after. Uh, again, though, let's back up the bus here and let's not get let's not get starstruck with the names uh, because this is not a bad draft market to be coming up for corners and safeties. It really isn't. Uh, so a team like... Well, it's not a bad free agency market either to get a safety. Yes. But you got a lot of safeties out there that could be had. Sure, but you're going to get... You might be able to get somebody of equal uh, talent uh, a, a heck of a lot cheaper uh, by going to the draft. Yeah. So Possibly. that's, that's my point. Yeah. So uh, let's, you know, let's not get starstruck uh, with, with the names. You know, I understand... Uh, listen, Smith is a guy. I, I, I personally, I would, I would target, I would target Smith over Golson. I mean, if I, if I can only have one of them, I want Smith. Well, Smith's going to play from your cornerback spot. Right. Yeah, Deshaun Golson is going to play safety. Right. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, you know what? Even if you don't go for Deshaun Golson, you still got LeBron Landry out there. You got DeJuan Landry, his brother, who was just released by Jaguars, that you'll get a lot cheaper, and you know, phenomenal player, I think. So uh, you know, there's a lot of players out there. That could be had, Mike. You know, you got the Akeem Talibs. Right. Have uh, what's his name from uh, uh, from uh, Kenny Phillips from the Giants? You know, you know, a little bit injury concerns there, but you know, still a nice player to have that you could possibly get on a cheap. So, right. you know, there are a lot of teams. You know, Chris Houston. You know, cornerback. If you need another cornerback, there's a lot of names out there. Or you sit there and you you, you resign Dominic Rogers Cromartie. Right, right, right. You know, right. if you have to. I mean, there are names out there, so instead of focusing on Darrell Revis, the Eagles should possibly be focusing on three to four names instead. I agree 100%. It, it just, to me, it's uh, uh, it's much more prudent that way. That's that's my personal because opinion. Because Darrell Revis is going to be stolen from the Jets right now because well, John Idzik is going to get what he wants for him, and that's it. Well, and you're not buying all the baggage that comes with Revis. Yeah. Uh, now... Uh, you know, let me turn the table on you for a moment because you threw the question at me with regard to uh, the Eagles, and you and I have talked at length uh, uh, about your your Jets. Yeah. Uh, what do you see as the biggest need and the biggest hole, and the uh, perhaps maybe uh, Christmas list wish thing that you would want out of free agency for the Jets? 
Oh, well, they got a hell of a lot more holes to fill than the Eagles do, right? Well, I agree with you, but... Quarterback, running back, Actually, eight, eight, linebacker, another cornerback. I mean, they got at least five to six holes they need to fill. So, What's your Christmas wish list if you could have one? If I could have one right now, you mean off the free agent list? Yep, or? yep. yep. Wow. Um... Off the free agent list. Let me think about that for a second. I, you know what? I didn't even. You know what? I really didn't think about that. It, well, that's what it, I'm good for. You know, <laughs> I would like to see them re-sign Leron Landry at the safety spot. Um, if they can't though, and they go offense, they do need a tight end. I'd like to see them try to get in uh, Jared Cook from Tennessee. Okay. Um, you know, I I think that's somebody that could be a nice uh, you know filler there at the tight end spot and uh, a big upgrade over what they had. So. Uh-huh. Um, if they can't, they, you know, they need a linebacker, uh, you know, maybe Paul Kruger, uh, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of names out there, Mike, you know, really haven't sit now. I'm, I'm focusing more on them getting rid of Darrell Rivas first, because that's what needs to be done for the Jets to do anything right now. You know, you have to get rid of Darrell Rivas. You have to get rid of that money. You have to get rid of that. So you could sit there and say, okay, now that we don't have Rivas, where do we move on from here? Who are we going to get for the cornerback spot? Are we going to give it to a combination of Kyle Wilson and, uh, and, and Isaiah Trufant? Or are we going to go out and are we going to try to get another cornerback? Are we going to go out and get a Carrie Williams? Or are we going to go out and get uh, a Dominique Rogers-Cromarty? You know what I mean? So, What about um, – I think I already know your answer. Uh, what about Reggie Bush? Running back, Reggie Bush? I don't yeah. know, man. You know what? I think they need somebody that's better. I do, too. You know, I, I really do. I, I wouldn't mind seeing them going after somebody that could split carries with uh, Bilal Powell and Joel McKnight. Um, I think they're going to need somebody in there that could really get it done. Um, you know, maybe Michael Turner on a one-year deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, just somebody to power it up the middle, you know, because it seems that's what the Jets like to do, and it's just run up the middle. They don't like to go around tacklers. They like to run it up the middle all the time. Right. You know, Reggie Bush, to me, is not an up-the-middle type guy. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I had a feeling you were probably going to nix uh, that idea immediately, to be honest with you. I mean, listen, if they get him in, uh, I, I don't think he's going to be worse than what Sean Green was for this team. But, uh, you know, at the same time uh, – you know, I think you know what I think. I'd rather have Michael Turner on a one-year deal, and let's say Reggie Bush on the three-year deal. Yeah, you know, but that's me. Frankly, uh, I think I'd rather have Sean Green than uh, Reggie Bush. Oh yeah, absolutely. Same here. Uh, let's talk about this too. Uh, Steelers cut James Harrison, Mike. Uh, we spoke a little bit about this uh, pre-show, and uh, you know, well, you got some strong feelings on this one. Go ahead. I I I wouldn't want him on the Jets. Uh, one of the filthiest players in the league. I don't like him. I you know I think he's a moron. Um, I have a lot of words for him. But at the same time, like you said, pre-show, you think the uh, cap is uh, screwing with a lot of teams of uh, keeping players that they really want to keep. Yeah, I, I, I do. I think that this is an example right here. I think, I, think this could be an, I think this could be a great example uh, of exactly what I'm referring to. Uh, the cap is creating problems, I think. You know, unless you're, uh, uh, unless you're Jones down there in Dallas and you just uh, go through and uh, do a whole-scale restructuring of every single person's a contract in the entire locker room, uh, and you get that lucky, uh, you know, uh, you're going to find some teams that are going to be going, hey, guess what? We just can't do this. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's what's happening uh, there with Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, uh, you know, look at it right now. Where do you see James Harrison goes? If he comes to the Eagles, would you be a fan of that signing? Uh... Knowing what he brings 
not only as a player, but as he brings as a spectacle. And I'm not talking about a good spectacle either. I'm talking about all the crap that he's in the media for all the time. The illegal helmet, the helmet hits. A lot of the other illegal hits, the constant bitching, the constant moaning. Um, all right. Would I, would I, you know, here's the deal. Um, I, I, I take him, I take him on a one year, but he's not going to, he's going to get more than that. Yeah. Um, so in light of, in light of the fact, see, here's what I want to see from my Eagles. I want to see the Eagles go younger. Uh, and in light of his age and, and, uh, uh, just the fact that the guy has a tendency to be a bit injury prone. Uh, I I'd say leave it alone. Yeah. Well, not even injury prone. I mean, uh, and, and I remember what I said. I do. <laughs> I, I'm going to go back to it again. This is not a bad draft if you're looking for defensive players. Yeah. This is not a bad draft. So you can do. You're going to do okay in this draft if you're looking for a pass rusher. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather see the uh, Jets run after uh, Deion Jordan with. Uh, their arms wide open, then uh, take this right, guy even on a one right. deal. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to see it. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think this is Pittsburgh biting the bullet on this one. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, Jonathan, I think I think Pittsburgh would probably prefer to keep him in the fold. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're looking at it, you know, uh, very black and white, and they're going, you know, something we got to make a we got to make a step someplace, and this might be the one we're going to have to do. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this now too, real quick, because the Rams uh, cut Quentin Michael. Eagles in need of a safety. Do you see some type of reunion there? I mean, he had a phenomenal season this year. Uh, do I see it? No, I don't see a reunion there. No, you don't see nothing? No. Okay. I don't even see any interest in that one. No? Yeah, I mean, I he had a great season this year. Yeah, you, you know, we, we were talking about this, uh, oh, I forget where. Might have been uh, might have been uh, pre-show uh, Thursday night before five minutes at the Pratt House. Yeah. We were talking a little bit about some of this free agency sort of stuff. And there are certain players that do very, very well with certain teams. Yeah. I think Wes Welker is a perfect example of a player that has uh, really built his career out of the fact that he has been lucky enough to be there in New England with Tom Brady. Oh, man. He, he You know what, man? He deserves to uh, – he has to just thank them every day of his life, send them bouquets of flowers for the rest of his career. So. But here's the question. Uh, is he doing himself a disservice by, by saying, hey, you know, I'm going to go test the free agency market? Uh, you know, he could go to another team, and, uh, hey, you're not going to see the same Wes Walker. I think the same is true of Danny Amendola. I think Amendola is overrated. I think he has done very, very well uh, there in St. Louis. And, frankly, I think he ought to, you know, if, if the if, if the Rams could find a way to keep him there, I think the Rams ought to try to keep him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Amendola would not be somebody that I would necessarily be inclined to, uh, you know, I don't care what team I'm on. I don't care. I, I don't care. You know, I'm not just talking for the Eagles. Amendola is not somebody that I would necessarily put high on my list as somebody that I would be targeting. Yeah, good player, but you know, the injuries exactly. is uh, you know something you really have to be concerned with because the guy cannot stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. And Quentin Michael, he's had a good season. Uh, you know, uh, to me, no, I, I'm not inclined to bring you back to uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's where I am with it. Yeah. All right, man, let's talk about a couple of cornerbacks off the market here real quick. Dante Robinson uh, leaving Atlanta, signing with the Chiefs on a three-year deal, and also being announced today, Chris Gamble, instead of uh, trying to uh, 
catch on with another team. A lot of teams need cornerbacks. He decided to retire instead after nine seasons in the NFL, Mike. Yeah, nine seasons. Now, you got to wonder. I mean, uh, uh, his reasoning didn't make a heck of a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, is this guy just, you know, nine seasons, is he just tired? Uh, why, why don't you just call for what it is, buddy? Maybe yeah. he just wants to hang it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, or maybe he wants to wait to see uh, what team he can grab on with in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've well, seen that a lot of times. Yeah, you know, doesn't want to go through. Uh, doesn't want to go through uh, training, huh? I does he? <laughs> we've seen that a lot. Uh, but you know, with Chris Gamble, I mean, we've always, uh, you know, we've never heard anything about him not, you know, not being a good, you know, uh, a hard worker or anything. So you have to wonder. Mm-hmm. You know that's uh, that's a shame. So uh, you know, best of luck, Chris Gamble. I mean, uh, you know, nine good seasons for Carolina. You're their uh, franchise uh, career interception leader and everything. So right, right. Best of luck to you in the uh, in your future endeavors. Uh, real quick here, Pittsburgh Steelers losing somebody else. Wide receiver Mike Wallace uh, looks like a uh, he's going to Miami. He's going to the Dolphins. So uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to have Mike Wallace and Brian Hartline to throw to. And Hartline and Hartline, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, that ball is me, man. Losing Rivers uh, New England. Good or good move, rather, uh, for Miami. Good move for them. Huge move. But it says no, n- nobody else has been calling Mike Wallace, so there's got to be something said for that as well. Huh, interesting. Yep. Uh, Tony Gonzalez is likely to return for the Falcons in 2013, something we spoke about here quite a few times in the past, Mike. We were right. I, yeah, I think um, I, uh, I, I, I was pleased to hear it. Um, I, I applauded it. Uh, I think Gonzalez, I think he showed this past season. Uh, he's got at least another good year in him. Easily. And uh, I- I'm pleased. I-, I-, I think that's good for Atlanta. That's very, very good for Atlanta. Yeah. Not that I want to see Atlanta succeed. I don't. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- you can't take anything away from what uh, Gonzalez has provided uh, to that team and uh, uh, just a tremendous career. I'm glad to see he's not hanging it up just yet. Yeah. Where do you put him in your top five of the tight ends, Mike, if you had to rank him? Oh, boy. Ooh, you hit me with one over the over the side there. I uh, wasn't quite expecting that. Better than under the belt, man. Well, jeez. Uh, see, nah. I'd have to look at numbers, Jonathan, but uh, certainly you'd have to probably say top five. You have to. Yeah. Um. See, my my problem there is I have a tendency. I'm I'm just thinking, and my te- my problem is I'm having a tendency to go heart and not head. Uh, if I were to see a listing and numbers, then 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 I would then I would go head. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. you no, know, Gonzalez is not one of my guys. So I'm you know if you, if I look at num and I know what his numbers are, um, you you'd have to say top five, yes. I mean, for me, I would say top three. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I think there was a, uh, you know, we've had some great, 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 great tight ends that we saw. Mike, uh, you know, John Mackey. Uh, who else can we talk about? Ditka. Yep. You know, a lot of guys out there. Kellen Winslow Sr. Yep. And Casper. Uh, to me, I would probably put Tony Gonzalez either at my one or my two spot, uh-huh. believe it or not. So, I mean, phenomenal career, so good for him coming back. You know, really appreciate having, you know, getting to see him come back and play another uh, season. Uh, you know, that's a treat for guys like you and me, Mike. So. Yep, 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 yep. All right, let's talk a little bit. I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at real quick. I don't know whether uh, this may, you may not have this particular listing, Jonathan. I don't know if I send it over to you today or not. I'm looking at all 30, what, two teams. 
in the NFL, and I'm looking at what they're uh, currently right now, what their available cap space is. We were just talking about the Jets, $6.3 million. Um, the comment next act, uh, historically, uh, the Jets have loved being shoppers, but anticipate new GM uh, John is to keep cleaning a house and yes. worry about redecorating down the road. Six point three million. Are you expecting? Uh, are you expecting them to make any moves? Oh yeah, right now they're a little over. Yeah, right now they're a little over eight million dollars in estimated cap space. Um, I know that they've been talking to Nick Mangold, Santonio Holmes, Mark Sanchez, and whatnot of uh, restructuring their contracts. Okay. I think when all is said and done, I think they'll be at about maybe ten to the eleven million dollar mark. Okay. Um, not sure if they release anybody else. If they do, of course, that could go up. Um, I think they're really going to focus on the draft, though, Mike. I I, I really okay. believe that you'll see them go out and sign some stop gaps for the year. Um, if they're able to get somebody on a longer-term deal that they just can't turn up, they will do it. Um, but I don't think they're done with what they're trying to do yet, and I think that's restructuring some deals. I know Mangold, I think, is next in line to uh, have his deal restructured. I know they're talking to San Antonio Holmes. And from what I heard today, that uh, his agents are listening as well as Antonio Holmes is listening. So if he does do that and he does restructure his contract, I would welcome Antonio Holmes back with uh, arms wide open, you know, for being a team player and doing that. So, yeah, right. Gotcha. Uh, um, that would be great for them. So uh, honestly, I think for what they need to do, they need to be at at least 11 to $12 million cap mark. So Team right now appears uh, with the most to spend, Cleveland Browns at $47.5 million. Who is that? Cleveland Browns, $47.5 million. Yep. Well, you know what? You know, you know what? You have to wonder if they turn around and sign some guys like uh, James Harrison, you know, and then yeah. uh, Reed, you know. Exactly, exactly. That'd be something. So. Yep. Uh, and oh, that's, that's what they need, the Browns. So. Number number two on that list, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, 42.9. Wow. So, Interesting. Interesting. All right, we actually got a little news here right now. Uh, some trade discussions going on between the Vikings and the Seahawks, and uh, could possibly be that uh, Russell Wilson gets uh, another wide receiver to throw to, and that's Percy Harvin. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Could be going to Seattle, but at the same time, if that's the truth, do you think the 49ers turn around and say, you know what, we do need Darrell Revis now? Huh. I think uh, once you see a lot of uh, free agent signings start tomorrow, you're going to see a lot of teams starting to heat up for Darrell Rivas, Mike, especially with these wide receivers going other places. Well, good. I hope a lot of other teams do, and I uh, hope uh, you know none of them are green and uh, white. <laughs> so Eagles and Jets, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, you know stay up to date with that. And, of course, on Wednesday we'll talk about it, see if we have any signings to report on Wednesday, which I'm sure we will because, as we all know – Oh, gosh, yes. Free agency starts tomorrow, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of signings right off the scrap heap tomorrow. Well, we always see it. It doesn't seem to matter what sport it is. Uh, you know, your heaviest activity is going to come within the first 24, 48, 72 hours. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll be breaking some signings as well on Wednesday. So. Exactly. All right, so let me throw out the number real quick again. 347-237-5373 if you want to call in and ask some questions and talk to Mike and I. Uh, we'd appreciate that, and we look forward to uh, you calling in. Yep, still got a full half hour yet. Full half hour, Mike. you got to love it. Um, before we go over into our next segment, let's just talk about a couple of future guests that we have coming up here. Uh, Monday the 18th, we'll be joined by former NHL referee Kerry Frazier. 
Looking real forward to that. And on Wednesday the 20th, we'll be joined by our good friend uh, from Five Star Basketball Camp, Lee Klein. And I know yeah. you're really looking forward to that. I, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, my, my weekend was filled with following uh, NCAA basketball. Uh, a lot of the conference tourneys, well, uh, some of them, some of the minor ones actually finished up this past weekend. Uh, but the bigger ones are yet to come. Uh, they'll be kicking up uh, the bigger ones like the A-10, ACC, the SEC, uh, the Big Ten uh, tournament. Uh, those will all be coming up uh, starting, um, some of them starting tomorrow night, some of them starting Thursday night, and then finishing up to Sunday, right before Selection Sunday for the NCAA tournament. Perfect. And Perfect. I'm still waiting. Uh, what time is it right now? It is 1 o'clock right on the nose, and I am still waiting. I do not yet have a new top 25 uh, listing, but uh, uh, if we get a new 25 listing for the NCAA, before this half hour is over, you can bet I will jump in and bring that. Man, what's up with them with that? Well, I think it's because, and truly, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest, I, I think it has a lot to do with the fact we are now, uh, you know, in crunch time, and I think, uh, you know, it's taken some of these folks a little bit longer to make their decisions. Crazy. All right, Mike. Let's talk about some other things. Actually, you know, before we do that, we spoke about something last week, Mark Stoll, when he got hit in the face with that puck. Yes. Flailing on the ice, we thought easily his eye was dislodged or his eye was completely damaged or his orbital bone was fractured. Uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Paul DuPont over at the Boston Globe, he's actually reporting that if there's no hiccups, he could return in the next two weeks. Are you kidding me? Yeah, doesn't seem that there's any significant damage at all. Wow. Now, uh, Not even a concussion? It doesn't even look like it. And especially with his uh, you know, concussion concerns in the past, with that hit that he got from his brother Eric Stahl a couple of years ago that took him out for a long, long time. Wow. Uh, you know, is he blessed? Wow. My goodness. Seriously, that's just, uh, that's something. That That's really something. Glad to hear that. Really, really Absolutely. glad to hear that. Uh, I think, however, the next time you see him, he will be wearing a visor. I believe so. I, you know what? I wouldn't even, uh, you know, depending on what kind of damage that there was, Mike, I wouldn't even doubt it if, uh, you know, if you see him with a cage on. Yeah, yeah. So, let me ask you this, though. Uh, from what people are hearing, too, I just read on Twitter that Percy Harvin's looking for at least $10 million a year for his contract extension. Is he worth that, really? I don't think he is. No. I, I, I don't think he's done anything to deserve $10 million. $10 million? $10 million, really? A year. A year, Mike. And Sam Fran's willing to pay that, huh? No, Seattle. Oh, Seattle. I'm sorry. Seattle, yeah. I guess so, if they were talking to them. But, wow. Ah. Uh, I tell you, man. It's, uh... uh I, I don't know. $10 million. Hmm. It's a lot of money. Uh, yeah, for Percy Harvin. <laughs> for Percy Harvin. Uh, I mean, you know. Uh-huh. 347-237-5373. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Oh man! Real, you know, real quick though, before we get into the whole, uh, you know, thing that we wanted to get into on Friday during our episode technical difficulty, unfortunately, <laughs> we didn't get to it. I gotta ask you this. Yeah. Yankees are one of the teams that we talk about as being aging, really falling apart. Now we got reports coming out today that Brian Cashman has been trying to coax Derek Lee and Chipper Jones out of retirement already to join the Yankees, and on top of that, trying to get Scott Rowland as well to join the Yankees. What in the world? I mean, seriously? Is this the sign of desperation, Mike? My gosh. 
you know, uh, we, are we out to set a record for, uh, you know, having the uh, oldest team ever to uh, be fielded on a on a, on a on a diamond? I mean, seriously. I mean, that's uh, yeah. I, I don't understand it. Cashman says if Chipper Jones wants to come back, he would love to have Chipper Jones. I'm sure any team would love to have Chipper Jones. But honestly, if he comes back, he's not going anywhere other than Atlanta. The guy is a career-long brave. He's not yeah. going to retire just to come back and sign with the Yankees. Right. You know, Chipper Jones has never been – you know what? And I have to give respect. I mean, I'm a huge Mets fan. Chipper Jones has tortured my life and my dreams for many, many, many years. But I give Chipper Jones the credit with is that he was so faithful to his baseball team. Mm-hmm. And they have been so faithful to him. This guy will be known as an Atlanta Brave till the day he dies. He will never, ever put on the jersey of another team, unless he somehow becomes a coach or something. You know, but to me, that doesn't count. But even so, if he does ever become a coach, it's going to be with the Braves. I don't uh, think anybody else. Really? You don't think he would, huh? Uh, interesting. I, I, I'm not I mean, sure. If he wants to get back into the game desperately, I think he'd go with another team. But if he came back as, let's say, a hitting coach and then turned into a manager – I mean, Trevor Jones is a brilliant baseball mind. I don't see why he can't be the future manager of the uh, Atlanta Braves one day. I would agree with you there. You know? I would agree with you 100% there. I could see that. Just I a, could see that quite easily. And he still had a phenomenal season last year. You know, for his age and for the injuries he had, he still batted 287, 14 home runs, and 62 RBIs. He could easily come back and be a DH in this league right now. Yep, yep. If you want yep. to. But it's not going to happen. But then throw in the other names that you just threw out there. I mean, you're talking uh, Scott Rowland. Derek Lee. Yeah, I mean, what in the world? What What is – what's the philosophical concept here? I don't get this. I don't know. Can you explain this? <laughs> Derek Lee hasn't played in the, in the league since 2011. Right. And uh, didn't have a good year that year or a couple of years, seasons before that either. Scott Rowland, I mean – he can barely move anymore. I mean, you know, eight home runs, 39 RBIs, but he's not the Scott Roll. I mean, listen, if this was Scott Rowland from five, six years ago, I'd say, why not? Scott Rowland, in my opinion, was probably one of the best third basemen I have seen, Perfect. probably since Mike Schmidt. That's my personal opinion. I agree. I agree. I think Scott Rowland has been probably one of the best third basemen I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, Schmidt was better. But I'm telling you, Scott Rowland was was the best uh, since Mike Schmidt, yeah. and I happen to see both of them in my town. Yeah. Um, but Scott Rowland can't move like that any longer. No, of course not. The guy's been in the league since 1996, Mike. Right. Right. Seriously, he plays another couple of years. He'd be in, uh, in in the league for 20 years. Yep. Yep. I I, I don't understand what the. I I don't get it. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it either. But anyway, before we get into the other thing real quick, because uh, actually Seahawks and Vikings have agreed to a trade to send Harvin to Seattle for draft picks pending Harvin passing a physical, so that deal is done. They don't say which draft picks? No, but I doubt it would be for their first rounder. Okay. But that's just me. Even so, it would still be a hard one. So, um, Okay, real quick. PED report that came out last week, Mike. Something we uh, spoke about and we, we didn't put on the uh, format for today, but let's talk about it real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Somebody came out and said that uh, Curtis Granderson, Ryan Braun, Alex Rodriguez, Robinson Cano were going to be suspended for failing a drug test. Yep. This is a guy that has reported not only Melky Cabrera's, but he reported Ryan Braun's and he reported people from the past. And he's always been right, and now he's reporting this. Right. Silence now. Why? Yeah. Cano, Braun in the World Baseball Classic. Right. 
If this is true, do you think that's why it's quiet right now? And if it comes out after the World Baseball Classic, should we all rip Major League Baseball apart at the seams? Well, I, you know, I brought it up to you uh, in an IM message overnight, and I brought it up simply as an observation uh, because I'm sitting here last night and I'm watching, uh, I'm watching Sports Center. Uh, I guess it was, you know, well, as you know, uh, for me it was, it was my normal time, which everybody was well off into the land and nod. Uh, it was probably around 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting here watching Sports Center, and they're going on about uh, the results from uh, yesterday's uh, World Baseball Classic, and they're talking about Cano ripping it up. And, and, and to me, it suddenly occurred to me that we, you and I had just read the story the week before, and mind you, you know, you and I are walking softly on this story because it's a rumor. This is not fact. No, it's we not. We have nothing backing this up. And, in fact, even the story that was written was written kind of bloggishly, to be honest with you, Jonathan, with no, with no uh, accreditation whatsoever. No. There, was no, uh, ret- you know, there was no retribution given to it from the standpoint of so-and-so said. You know, we, don't have any, we don't have any kind of evidence. No. So but, a lot of, but it picked up a lot of steam. It did, and it was picked up by numerous, numerous markets. So, we're, but we're, you know, uh, saying this, uh, I'm couching it this way. That we're walking softly on this story. It just seemed to me, you've got Cano, and you've got, uh, uh, who else did we say? Uh, uh, Braun. No, Granderson, Braun, and A-Rod. you got Braun, you got Braun, and you got uh, Cano, both in the World Baseball Classic. And you got to wonder, all right, there hasn't been any talk about this story that was floating out there a week ago. Might it have something to do with the World Baseball Classic? Uh, if it were to come out after the fact, do we have a right to a slam Major League Baseball? You bet your sweet, you know, yeah, absolutely. I will be the first one uh, on that bandwagon because I think it's a disgrace. Because it, it, it would, to me, it would be so obviously evident that this was a, a an attempt just to, you know, get that whole thing going. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'd be, I'd be, I'd be disgusted. Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, a full month before Melky Cabrera's suspension came down, uh, Joe Biskegli, I believe his name is from Dog and Pony Show TV. That's Daps TV. Right. He reported the Melky Cabrera suspension. Right. And then a full month later, it came down that he was suspended for fifty games. Right. Now, why did it take a full month? That why did it take a full month too? And if this was a lie and this was all BS, why would he pick Melky Cabrera right before he was suspended? Right. His source told him that it was Melky Cabrera, that he filled, filled an MLB uh, PED policy test, and that he was going to be suspended soon. Now, I guess in Major League Baseball, soon is a month. Um, he wrote on March 4th that anonymous sources say, Cano, Granderson, A-Rod, and Board will be suspended for failing PED testing this offseason. Wow. Well. You know what? You have to uh, not only scratch your head, but you have to think maybe this could be legit. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, you know, and uh, you know, of course, my first thought when I read it was, "Holy smokes!" Yeah, take a look at the hit that the Yankees are going to take there. My gosh. Yeah. Uh, but then as I continue to think about it, and like I said in particular last evening, then I'm starting to put two and two together, and I'm going, "Wait, what the heck?" You know, we got the World Baseball Classic going on right now. You got two of the four that were talked about this that were implicated in it. 
involved in the World Baseball Classic. As you point out, Jonathan, as you pointed out pre-show, they're both on the rosters of the two strongest, biggest teams uh, that are probably playing in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. Um, You know. You have to think. Things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and you know what the funniest thing is? You know, when people usually lie and they BS about a report and they report something like this, they go into hiding. Joe Biscagli from TV. he's out here saying, you'll see, you'll see, watch, you'll see. And uh, one of his last tweets was, it's hysterical to break big news with a Twitter avatar that is a picture of Pooh Bear and Eeyore. <laughs> so uh, he's out there, and you know he, he's given his source uh, you know, what, a lot of his uh, trust and faith in him. And uh, you know we'll see what happens. I mean, right after the Baseball Classic, or even during the Baseball Classic, if something happens here, uh, you know what, you're going to have to give Joe Biscagli of uh, Daps.TV a ton of credit for, uh, once again, breaking something really, really big. So. Yeah, I think the baseball classic is scheduled to be concluding on the twentieth. Yeah, uh, honestly, right away, A Rod Braun, that's a laugher if they well, fail. Listen, we, right, all, exactly. we yeah, we both know they're cheaters. Bingo. Now, Robinson Cano would probably be the most interesting name on the list. Yes. But to me, I would be more shocked, and I would actually be very upset if it comes out that Curtis Granderson. Was using PEDs because I, I I like Curtis Granderson a lot. I think he's a very nice guy, um, you know, skinny little dude. But then again, at the same time, if you look at the huge jump in his home run rate over the last two seasons, you know, is that a red flag? But are you saying that would shock you? That wouldn't shock me. It it, it would shock me to come from a guy like Curtis Granderson. Wow. I, I it just would, you know. To, it, it, all four names mentioned, none of them shock me. Uh, the first two in particular, uh, you know, I've had conversations about Ryan Braun before. Really? Curtis so, Grandison would shock you? That little yeah. sticky-looking guy would shock you? Seriously? Yes, it would shock me. Yep. Huh. Yep. Wouldn't shock me at all. Wow. Wouldn't shock me at all. Nope. Okay. I, I would be more shocked over Grandison than I would Cano. But, uh, but uh, well, yeah, and Cano, not, not, none of those four names shock me. Hmm. Braun in particular, I mean, for God's sake, I have made comments before that he is uh, he's my Rafael Palmero of the 21st century. Yeah. All right, well, let me ask you this. If a name came out tomorrow, and we're not going to name names, who would shock you? Who would shock me? Yeah, just throw out one name right off the bat. Who would shock you that if it came out? Or are we just so prone to whatever comes out of baseball now it comes out of baseball? You know, Jonathan, that's a great question. We ought to throw that one out to the audience. Uh, because I'll tell you right now, and, and maybe that's something we want to use for a – for a full show, because uh, if, in fact, we were to find out that there is no name that would shock us, then it goes right to the fan base saying, hey, you know something? We just expect this kind of activity to be going on. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Who would shock me? Actually, I know who would shock me. Go ahead. David Wright. No, that wouldn't shock me. I kind of like David because he's spoken out about it so adamantly. That's why it would shock me. Yeah, but see, that, 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 that's that. But see, that's where I'm cynical because Rafael Palmero did the same thing. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and, and, and see, now that shocked the hell out of me because he spoke out about it. it no, it sickened me, and and and, did and it, listen, I was a big, big fan of Rafael Palmero. So was I. When that happened. I could have spit in his face. Oh, I'm telling you. I don't ever I, – like, can I tell you right now? I wouldn't cross the street for the guy. Right now I wouldn't cross the street yeah. for him. I hear you. 
So seriously, there's no name at all that would shock you right off the oh, top. You know, I would love to. I, I'd love to do a whole show on it. That's that's where I'd like to go with it. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. We got one. So the only thing, the only thing, the only thing I'm going to right now is I'm going right to my. I'm going right to my my team, my Phils, and I'm going down the list, and I'm trying to think: Would any of those names shock me? Jimmy Rollins? No, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, uh, Chase Utley? No, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, Ryan Howard? No, it wouldn't shock me. You know, can I be honest? I'm having a little trouble. That's why I'm wondering whether, if we were to open this up to the audience, would we find out that there isn't a name in baseball that we? Yeah, you know, listen, a name that would shock me if it came out now, uh, because one of my all-time heroes, Cal Ripken. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm talking more about Kurt. I know, active. We're talking yeah. active. I know, I know. I mean, honestly, man, if Cal Ripken came out that he was using, I would probably lose all faith in Major League Baseball and never watch again. Oh, yeah. That would be heartbreaking to me if it came out that Carl Ripken was juicing. Why? Be- why? That was Cal- the era, dude. That was the era. Uh, it, it, no, he was before that era. I'm sorry. No, he was before and after because he broke the record after the whole – it was during that same time. It was after the strike. Well, he broke the record in 94? Uh, hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he broke the record in 94, right? Yes, which was after the strike, was it not? 94. No, 95 he broke the record. Yeah, it was after the strike. And that was the same, if I'm not mistaken, was that not the same season? It, maybe it was the season thereafter where it was the Sosa McGuire regime. Yeah. Maybe? Well, it's the same It's the same era. You know, uh, yeah, uh, make no mistake. Um, you know, uh, Cal Ripken Jr. was in the league. He came into the league in what, 1982? 1981. Okay. So... You know, by the time we got to that well, time... He was drafted 78, so... Yeah, but, but uh, by the time you get to 1994, 95, um, you, you know, obviously the guy's been around a long time. I mean, for God's sake, it, what, it was 2,300 straight games or something. Yeah. Huh. So, but... And so, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, I mean honestly, the you know, it's supposedly the clear indicator of somebody juicing is a drastic, drastic spurt in power numbers. Right? Brady Anderson. Yeah. Now, if you look at Cal Ripken, 1982, 28 home runs. I mean, he averaged around probably 26 to 27 home runs. So uh, across the cross of you know across the whole platoon of his career, I mean, he was just a steady, steady player. Yeah. So if you look at it, if he supposedly PED'd, he probably would have had to have PED'd in the late 70s. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But I'm just saying that would be a name that would have that would shock me. Uh, it would shock me, albeit it was during that first round era that we've been talking about. Yeah. You know. Wow. Yeah, I I don't know. I gotta you know I gotta I'd have to I have to give that. I just don't think that there would be a name that came out where I would be like, holy crap! I'd really lose faith in 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 in, in, in baseball. Yeah, I you know I'm gonna Cal Ripken. I I honestly think now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going through all these old names and stuff. Um, if any of my heroes from the '86 Mets, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, guys are so hopped up in every other drug in the world, it wouldn't baffle me. So you see, you're you're uh, my point exactly. But I mean, honestly, seriously, uh, you know, when you looked at a lot of the guys that were doing the juice, you looked at the Bonds, the Clemens, the McGuire, yeah. these looked like guys. Now that you look at them, like wow, you know what? I could see them actually juicing. You know, uh-huh. 
If you look at Cal Ripken right now, could you see that from a Cal Ripken, though? Well, that's why I would say that, you know, of of somebody that comes to my mind immediately, his name is the first one that jumps to my head, that if it were to come out now that he was, I'd be very, I'd be very surprised. Um, But take a look. We're talking 23, what was it, 2362? Was that the number? Yeah. Um, What, you mean uh, games played? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I've got the number in my room actually, but uh, the yeah, two thousand six hundred thirty-two. Okay, all right, two six three two. Okay, so I had it inverted, which doesn't surprise me. I'm dyslexic, um, but no, that one would surprise me. But, but you know, see, suddenly the butt comes in, and the butt is, but he played at that time and during that era of the Maguires and the Sosas and. The Brady Andersons, and obviously it was in his locker room. Yeah. You know, so, you know, really, does it really surprise you? Yeah. You know, so. I did I'm going to give this one some thought. Yeah, you know what? Let, let's let's both do that, and we're going to try to get in a baseball blogger with us on Wednesday. And, and do it on Wednesday, right. right. We'll do it on Wednesday. So we'll talk about that on Wednesday, and we'll see if there's anybody that would come out that would really just shock us to the point where probably our heart would break over them using it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, listeners can give it some thought and give us a call in on Wednesday as well. 3472-375-373. All right. Now let's talk about this real quick. SI's 50 most powerful people in sports, Mike. We want. Yeah, we've only been wanting to get to this since the middle of last week. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about this. Uh, right off the bat, number one, 50 most powerful people in sports. Now, remember this. Most powerful people in sports. Number one, Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner. He is more powerful in sports than actual team owners, as well as presidents of big media networks, such as ESPN. Number two, David Stern. Number five, Bud Selig. Wow. I mean... I think what shocks me most, though, Mike, knowing that, I mean, he is going to be the NBA commissioner starting next year, is that Adam Silver was more powerful than the NHL commissioner, the Big Ten commissioner, the PGA commissioner, and the the NCAA president. Yeah, yeah. Now, you looked at this. One of the things that really baffled the hell out of me was Barack Obama number forty four? Yeah, yeah, that that one that one kind of shocked me a little bit. I wasn't quite sure where that was coming from. How in the hell yep. is the U.S. president on the list of the most powerful people in sports? What does he, as the U.S. president, have to do with sports? Well, he makes statements that you know he wouldn't let his son play football. That's what he does. Uh, People laughed at him about it. Yeah, yeah, he, because he doesn't have a son. He he does things like <laughs> he 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 will do he will do uh you know brackets. He does NCAA brackets and he, and he, he they videotape those and they put those out on YouTube. Uh, I want to see George uh, do a bracket. Let's let let's take a look at the list in total. And I made a couple of comments on uh, the Saturday show, Jonathan. I'm going to run them by you real quick here because I know we only got about seven minutes remaining in what has been a 90-minute show. Um, uh, Because I want to get your comment on it. 
first of all, uh, anytime you put a list out, and let's let's understand something. Uh, SI advertises this as the inaugural SI50. So one can read from that that they plan on doing this annually, which means next year at this time we're going to see the list all be readjusted. Uh, that's number one. Number two, anytime you put a list out, you're opening yourself up for discussion and criticism to begin with. Absolutely. So let's get as provocative as we possibly can. That's number two. Number three, um, when you're Sports Illustrated, is it incumbent upon you to make sure that every sport has some level of representation? You've got Brian France on here, who is the NASCAR CEO and chairman at number 40. Uh, however, you also have the, I believe you have the FIFA president, yes, Seth Ladder coming in at number 16. Which I think he should be easily in the top five. Okay. Um, you've got, uh, uh, there were a bunch of other, uh, I, I, you know, I'm scanning it real quick. I did this on Saturday. I had the whole list, you know, all written out in front of me. Yeah. Uh, you know, my my question is, do you make sure that you've got representation of just about every sport? So, in other words, suddenly by making sure that you have representation, your list is no longer, um, what's the word I want? Judicious? Valid? Mm-hmm. Because you're slanting it. You're you're giving it a, a particular impetus to begin with. Yeah. And so that's the question I throw out about. Scott Boris is ranked number 23. <laughs> okay, baseball agent, number 23. Uh, he is ranked, however, above Gary Bettman at 27, who's the NHL commissioner. Now, are you seriously trying to tell me that Scott Boris has more power? And that was the other question I threw out. What does power mean? See, somebody needs to define power from the standpoint of Sports Illustrated. Because is power finance or is power influence? Well, that's Not power is big influence. But yeah, but see now to me now if they go strictly on a finance level, why would Barack Obama be on there? Yeah, good point. He's not necessarily in charge of any purse strings. No, not in baseball anyway. So which influence? I mean, uh, sports. Excuse me. So it, I mean, it would have to be influence. But at the same time, now influence alone, I'm sorry, but I can come up with more people for the number fifty spot than Michael Jordan with the Bobcats. Robert Kraft, number 12, Patriots owner. Yeah. Now, how is Ed O'Bannon on there at 43? Yeah. Who, what, what is he doing? Yes, agreed. What, what is he doing besides being an okay player at UCLA and being a, a, a below-mediocre player for the New Jersey Nets? Retired basketball player. That's what we're listed as. How is Eddie O'Bannon? And, and, and why is that O'Bannon? And why not is twin Charlie O'Bannon? Al Heyman is just above him at number 42, boxing advisor and promoter. Really? I mean, honestly, wielding. Honestly, if you're at O'Bannon, do you go around telling people, "Hey, I'm better than Barack Obama, Dana White, Mark Cuban, and Michael Jordan"? Bizarre. <laughs> Bizarre. I just don't get it. I I don't either. I do uh, not get it. And what I would like to do is, I'm going to reach out to Steve Russian, who put this list together, and I'm going to try to get him on for Friday. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be very cool. So we're going to be very cool because yeah. I'd like to have a, a, a definition of power. I would love to have a definition of power. And uh, you know what? We'll reach out to uh, Steve Russian, who I like as a writer for SI. I'm not blessing Steve Russian at all. But I would like to get him on here to, uh, you know, talk to us about the 50 list. Yep. Yep. Now, why why certain people are on it that shouldn't be there and whatnot. 
Um, only got a couple minutes left real quick, Mike. Uh, Richard Deitch over at uh, SI ranked the 10 most powerful people in sports media. <laughs> Bill Simmons won, Charles Barkley two, Bob Costas three, Tommy Craig's from Deadspin four, John Gruden five, Agent Wojnarowski from Yahoo six, Chris Berman seven, Terry Bradshaw eight, Michael Wilbon nine, Skip Bayless ten. This list is even more controversial, in my opinion, than the 50. Now, here, I'm going to throw this out to you right now. Charles Barkley, Gruden, Berman, Bradshaw, Wilbon, Bayless. Why the hell are they on this list in the top ten? Where is Schefter? Where is Drager? Where is Bob McKenzie? Yep. Well, Schefter got an honorable mention at uh, 13, I believe. Jim Nance got an honorable mention at number 11. Jay Billis, honorable mention at uh, number 14. There were some that did make the list. Um, you know, Gruden, I, I, I listen, I'll, I'll, I'll buy Gruden for a moment. I'll buy that one. Yeah. Barkley at number two? Uh, Barkley at number I wouldn't buy Gruden at five at all. If this was like a top 35 list, I'd buy Gruden in probably the 20s. Really? Okay. I, I I don't see how he is one of the most powerful people in sports media. I just don't. Influence, influence again. If we go to influence, yes, then I could see it. Who who's the influence? He ain't influencing me. Uh, but listen, when people, I turn it off when he comes on TV. When he speaks, people do listen. I'm t- that's my I, personal. Opinion. I don't I believe that. I, I think he's a dope. I believe that. I you know that's one to be thrown out on. Uh, we, listen, Wednesday. I think we're going to do the whole top top thing on Wednesday or Friday. I guess. Let's do that. We'll do okay. it on Friday. All right, and I'd like to throw it out to the audience and say, "Hey, do you listen when uh, when 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 John Gruden speaks? I think they do." Chris Berman, is anybody really is anybody listening to Chris Berman anymore? I I, I don't think anybody listens to Gruden or Berman. But anyway, that's it for our show. <laughs> Ninety minutes done. Great show. We got I a lot of imagine it went viral. Quick. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. So once again, I'm Jonathan Ragan, and we got the mascot here barking. Yep. Thank you, mascot. He's saying goodbye to everybody. So for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. We'll see you all on Wednesday on Fan Junkies Radio. Catch you then.